0: Dot .online my goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step by step you get closer to reaching your career goals so download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online now on with the show
1: we judge ourselves by our intentions But the rest of the world judges us by our behavior. And that's what I work on mainly with my clients when I'm doing executive coaching is to help them adjust their behavior and realize that people don't judge them by their intentions, no matter how good their intentions might be. It's the behavior that counts. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Career's bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads.
0: Welcome back to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who have either made amazing career changes or our leaders in their field. And today, I'm really delighted because I have someone very special on the show. His name is Dennis Heath, and he's a qualified and very experienced executive coach, coach supervisor, and facilitator. And he has an impressive background. Over the past 30 years, he's held sales and management positions with multinational telecoms manufacturers in the Middle East, Europe, Africa, and Asia Pacific. During his distinguished sales career, as well as leading Successful sales teams. He managed many complex multinational accounts with responsibility for negotiating global, multi million dollar contracts across 35 countries. He's lived in Saudi Arabia in the late 70s and early 80s and has been in Singapore since the year 2000. Born in England, he now holds Singapore citizenship, and that's where we first met in 2004. Singapore. He transitioned from being a corporate employee to coach in 2004. He's an master practitioner and certified hypnotherapist his clients often refer to his calm aura combined with laser-like questions that help them come up with new ideas and approaches to business his articles on coaching and leadership development have been published in the straits times business times singapore institute of management's today's manager magazine human resource and hrm magazines he's also appeared on cnbc tv's business center and 98 no 93.8 FM live radio as an expert guest he is a senior leadership coach to the Singapore civil service where he coaches senior managers in the various ministries and statutory boards his private sector clients include global financial institutions technology and oil companies oh I'm getting so out of breath now in his spare time he performs voiceovers for TV and online videos and also TV and film acting he's appeared in a German TV movie and japanese feature film as well as numerous local tv productions and recently he's appeared in a trailer for the netflix series the crown and i have to say that he looks a lot like a contender for a james bond film too so let's welcome dennis to the show dennis (laughs)
1: <laughs> Hello, Jane, you're far too kind.
0: <laughs> Dennis, I am so out of breath, I can't tell you. <laughs> you this, actually, I edited some some of the information here because you've done so much, but we can find out all about it. But, you know, I'm just delighted that you're on the show. You're, you're there. It's evening in Singapore at the moment. I'm in Sydney. So thank you for for sharing some time this evening with me uh, so that we can find out all about how you transitioned from being this talented corporate beast to executive coach, film actor, voiceover, hypnotherapist, all sorts of things. So how about to kick us off? You tell us about your early days and your career aspirations when you were a little boy.
1: Uh, As a little boy in England in those days, I, I guess I looked at being either a a pilot or a train driver, uh, because those, so that was in the days of, of uh, steam engines, those fire-breathing monsters that uh, always impressed us little boys. Um, however, when I, uh, when I left school, I did something that is quite unusual these days and, and particularly unusual in Singapore and this part of the world. I started an apprenticeship with a radio telecoms company uh because then in england there were about i guess half a dozen universities and it wasn't expected that you would go to university in that it was more the exception than the rule uh now in england every town and village has a quote university uh but in those days it was uh, it was quite acceptable and normal to leave school at 16 and and uh, and go to uh, through an apprenticeship. Mm. So that's how I uh, I left school. And um, within two years of starting the technical apprenticeship, I decided that I didn't want to be an engineer. And I looked at the salesmen driving their shiny new company cars, and I thought I want to be one of them. So much to the disgust, much to the disgust and chagrin of uh, the HR department, I quit the apprenticeship and uh, and got a job that uh, got me involved with the salespeople when I was, how uh, would I, would be 18, 19. And by a series of flukes and accidents and quirks of fate, at 21, I ended up as a sales manager for the Arabian Gulf Uh, So my first sales patch at 21 was Bahrain, Kuwait, and Qatar. And then I went on to deal with West Africa, East Africa, uh, lived in Saudi Arabia for a total of five years, and then over the years transitioned into digital communications, which of course is uh, where we are now in terms of technology in a big way. And that's how I arrived in Singapore in the year 2000 with a company that was uh, a specialist software company in the telco space.
0: Mm, What a fascinating start to your career. I mean, so really, you are a sales professional through and through, and obviously very, very good at it because, you know, going all over the world and and, um, all that negotiation and sales. Um, Do you think of yourself as a salesperson deep down?
1: No, you know what? It's interesting that I—I I always thought that I—I I wasn't really cut out for the job, <laughs> but um, I seemed to be quite good at it. I, I was never the sort of um, knock on the door, kick it down, grab the order, and run on to the next opportunity type of salesman. But what I seemed to be good at, and what companies hired me for, was um, nurturing relationships with customers, with distributors around the world um, that. Produced business. So not the sort of um, door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman. I'm sure I, I would have been quite hopeless at that. But um, I, I, I tended, <laughs> tended to be quite good at uh, nurturing relationships that fostered business.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I mean, that's Group the most business. important thing. Yeah, that's the most important thing, isn't it? With sales, it's not so much flogging a product or a service, it's really getting to know what the other person, um, what their pain points might be, or what the company's pain points are and providing a solution. So, so interesting, the way that your sales career progressed, and then that actually took you to Singapore. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yes, I came here with a software company that mm-hmm. was going to make me a multi-millionaire within twelve months when it floated on the stock market.
0: Mm-hmm. How did that go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> within eighteen months, I had no job and one month's pay.
0: Oh, um, so Is that, so when uh, was yeah, that? That wasn't the GFC. That was pre-GFC, wasn't it?
1: Um, it was. Uh, it was around two thousand and one. Asian
0: economic crisis yeah that was that was that was a tough time because that was when I started coaching actually and I remember oh, right. um, yes. working for uh you know it, it was DBM where I was you know the global outplacement company and um it was so busy because you know there there were just so many um downsizings and redundancies and um I just i have been so busy in my life it was quite amazing and and that but that was way before we met though because we didn't meet to about 2004 so so mm. when there was that change and you know the expectations of you know ipo and everything going really well didn't happen um what did you do
1: well that was my retirement plan out of the window and uh, there was no hope of me finding a job in singapore with the economy in the state it was mm. and particularly in the market i was in and i was the the grand old age of, of 48 um and i, I I had no idea what I could do. And then I thought, well, maybe with this experience, I could go into training. Mm. Um, so I, I embarked on a diploma course in training and development. And for the first time ever in Singapore, there was a module on coaching. And I found that I liked it and I had an aptitude for it. So I thought, um, you know, maybe I could start uh, start a to work as a coach rather than training. And being somewhat of an introvert by personality, uh, coaching felt more comfortable to me than training.
0: Mm. Actually, it's interesting how, how coaches become coaches, isn't it? Because so many of um, the coaches that I've met, they're actually experts in their field as you are, you know, having had this long and illustrious career, you know, within sales and doing very, very well. But, um, I think all the travel and working with people from all different cultures and different organisations, it must have given you a really good insight into um, what makes other people tick. So how did you find that transition into becoming a coach? Uh,
1: Well, of course, it was tough at first because coaching was quite new Mm -hmm. in Singapore. In fact, very new. Nobody knew what it was or how to use it. Um, So in those early days, I was um, actually cold calling on the phone, which um, which I didn't enjoy, but I had to do it in order not to starve, uh, <laughs> and um, started to get my my first clients um, through. Well, just just persistence and, and doing that uncomfortable work. Mm.
0: And then, so were you targeting the corporate market or individuals?
1: No, I was targeting the corporate market because I decided early on that. Um, I, I would probably find that the senior management um, coaching most interesting and also the best paid in the coaching field. So uh, one of the things I did was just decide then and there that that would be my speciality. No matter what happened, I would design my business around coaching at the senior management level because I think what a lot of people who aspire to be coaches don't realize is that they go on a coaching course, they get the certification, and they, they, they fail to recognize that coaching is a skill, but it's not a business. The business is something you have to create around the skill. And I think that's probably where some of my uh, sales skills uh, came in
0: useful. Mm, actually, that that's that's really true coaching is a skill but it's not a business great quote Dennis mm-hmm. because you know, so many coaches that I know as well they're so good at what they do but they're so hopeless at marketing themselves and um, and and then they they end up not wanting to go out of their comfort zone to really grow their practice and and I found that you know I, I was very much the same because I I thought you know I just want to coach I just want to work with people and you know like just benefit them in some way but then I thought you you know to to be quite honest I really need to grow this business because as a coach what you want to do is help people and that's what you do Dennis so well because you're such a well respected coach in, in in Singapore and globally too because you genuinely care about the outcome and and uh, what people can do with their lives and progress as senior executives and c-suite executives as well but 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 how do you build your business
1: um, well I um I, I basically I I do a lot of networking. I go to networking events, um, and of course, these days you have to have a decent website. So I do get business through my website. I also um, I'm also an affiliate to um, a couple of other organisations that, that sell coaching services. Um, so I'm on the books of two UK companies. Um, so when. They have a requirement for coaching in this part of the world. I'm the one who gets the call. So it's through third party channels. It's through the, uh, through the internet, through the web. It's through networking. Um, and I also used to have, um, well, like you do, I used to have a regular newsletter that I sent out. But, um, I, I have to say that, um, I've got very lazy with that recently. I'm, I'm very busy with, with work at the moment. And I think that's one of the issues. When you're a one-man band and you're doing well and there's lots of business, you don't have time to do the marketing. Um, and then when the uh, uh, your, your current pop- pipeline starts to look a bit, a bit thin, you you don't have that, uh, that backup pipeline because you haven't done enough marketing. Mm. It's kind of… Um, It's a feast and famine existence.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is the same for just about every coach that I know who runs their own practice, who hasn't got their sales and marketing process down pat because they're really, really busy and delivering. And that's the same for me. It's like, Oh, this is great. You know, you've, you've got, you've got all of these assignments and then you let, let the ball drop with regard to the marketing and sales process. And then it's so much like a roller coaster, but, um, but, but i I know that for me I've learned so much about digital marketing and marketing and I keep up with the with the newsletter because i've learned all about automation um, <laughs> and outsourcing as well yes. and that that really helps those in between phases now. Your coaching's going really well, but you've had such an interesting background because you're an NLP master practitioner and a certified hypnotherapist. Now, this is something I didn't know about you, Dennis. So, tell me about the hypnotherapy. What is it that you do?
1: Uh, Actually, I trained in hypnosis. After uh, becoming an NLP practitioner, I became Mm -hmm. very interested in in the workings of the mind so i wanted to go uh, deeper as it were and so i did a course in in hypnosis I, I certified as a hypnotherapist um and actually i don't actually i don't use it in my coaching in the sense of having my clients in deep trance you know, lying on the floor um but what it has done is, is added some extra power to my NLP skills, which I do use quite regularly. Um, so I use quite a bit of uh, waking hypnosis. and uh, So my clients don't know, they don't realize, uh, but it really helps them sometimes to, to get a new perspective, see things uh, differently, uh, and to reframe situations to help them. Uh, so it's been very, very useful. Uh, in, in that respect, and and I and I love delving into how the mind works, and also having some skills that help that help me uh, to to be very direct, a very blunt, to help me manipulate people's minds. But it's always in a good way for their benefit, and and actually that's one of the ethics of hypnosis. You only ever use it to uh, the benefit of of the client. So. Um, I found it really uh, powered up my my coaching skills. Mm.
0: And it probably can really help people to um, release uh, what might be holding them back as well that they don't even realize about. Do you do do anything like regression therapy and things like that too? Um,
1: In a way, a a practical way that I use it, I, I have used it in coaching a number of times, when I realize or the coachee realizes that something that's holding them back goes back to childhood. So one of the tex- techniques I use is to say to them, okay, imagine I put a chair in front of them facing me. And I say, imagine that that's you in that chair at eight years old or whenever the event happened that has stuck in their mind and is holding them back. So, say, imagine you, it's you eight years old. Now, I want you to have a conversation with your eight-year-old self. And they will do that. And the the results are quite amazing. And when they realize it's never too late to have a good childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So, little tools like that can be very useful and, and very powerful without even having to put someone into trance.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's probably just, just the awareness as well. There's, there's one thing that I, I like to, um, ask my clients and I get them instead of to go back, but to project themselves into, uh, a time 10 years from now. And what would their older self say to their present self? Um, when they're stuck with certain important decisions. And it makes right. it so much easier when, when, when you can look from a different perspective. And I guess, you know, these perceptual positions that you put people into when they're thinking about, oh, you know, what what, what would I say to my eight-year-old self? It's really, really powerful, isn't it?
1: It is. And I, and I like the idea of projecting the uh, the client forwards 10 years as well. I, um, I'll use that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) I love sharing ideas with you Dennis this is so good so good that's what it's all about Jane that's what it's all about sharing your expertise exactly
0: exactly and I think that's the wonderful thing about coaches because you know we're just so open and it's wonderful that you know like I mean professionally as well as we're good friends too so that's really good but now I want to find out more about Dennis the man Dennis the Mm. man all right now you do some really interesting things outside of your regular day job as such okay so you perform voiceovers for TV, and you're on online videos, and you do TV and film acting. And um, so tell me a little bit about some of the things that you've done in that area.
1: Uh, well, I, I've been doing both for about six, almost seven years. And both I discovered them both by accident, um, by talking to people who who were actors or voice of part time voiceover artists, and, and people Often uh, comment about my voice and and find it quite soothing. So when uh, when I met a professional voiceover artist, and he said, uh, "You know, you've got an interesting voice. I, I, I'll refer you to a studio, and they'll." Take some samples, and uh, so I, I I went to the studio, recorded some samples, uh, put it on the website of the studio, started to get some work, and then various production companies got to know me and know my voice, and so I got uh, I, I got more and more work. Um, but uh, so I'm mostly hired in Singapore when they want uh, a soothing kind of voice and a British accent. So that's
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a rounded, resonant voice, Dennis. It's wonderful. Mm. You know what we should do? We should get together and create a meditation series, don't you think? I mean, with my oh, voice, well, I'm told I'm fun. so soporific. People say they love my voice, but I think it's really soporific. Yeah. And then you've got that deep, rounded, resonant voice. Don't you think together we could create some really good meditations?
1: I think there's a great (laughs) partnership idea there.
0: I know. Well, there you go. And those who are listening in, this is the first you've heard of this. Now, how was it when you were in the German TV movie? I'm assuming there was a voiceover.
1: Uh, I was dubbed in German, which is disappointing, Mm -hmm. yes. But um, it was uh, a two-part TV movie and this particular scene was filmed in uh, a very old building in Panang, uh, it was um, set in 1938 in Indonesia, and I played the part of a district attorney because, of course, that uh, in those days Indonesia was Dutch. Um, but this was actually a, Germ- a German movie, so um, one floor of this old building was dressed up to to look like uh, like the 1930s. Um, it was quite a high budget affair. They took over rooms at the ENO hotel, which is the, the smartest hotel in uh, Penang. Um, they had a big one of their ballrooms was a wardrobe room, just racks and racks of, uh, of costumes. So that was, um, a one-day shoot, and I, I really enjoyed it. I was treated like uh, like one of their their main actors, and I had a chaperone with me all the time, holding my jacket for me during takes, and uh, just generally making sure I was well fed and watered all day. So it's a, a, a fantastic experience. I, I really enjoyed that.
0: Mm. What about the Japanese feature film? What were you doing in a Japanese feature film, Dennis? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was a butler. I was a butler <laughs> to the head of British intelligence um, and that was filmed in a studio over on uh, Batam Island. There's a very, very big sort of Hollywood-style almost studio um, over there, Infinite Studios. Uh, so they were filming scenes over there. And um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I played this actually rather creepy butler. Um, and the uh, I, I was... I was quite quite happy when I first met with the director when he was doing the casting and he looked me up and down and said to his colleague something in Japanese and I said to the the fellow with me, I said, well, what did he just say? He said, the director says you look too young, we'll have to use a lot of makeup. So (laughs) I felt quite flattered by that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then it led on to being... What in this trailer for Netflix on The Crown? Tell me about that. I love The Crown. Great show. Mm. Mm.
1: Uh, It's a great series, Mm. and I was a butler again. Mm -hmm. I can't seem to. I'm either a butler or a a lawyer. (laughs) Yes, there's a future for me as a butler. Mm. Um, (laughs) So that was that was filmed here, and it was. a teaser, what they call a teaser for series three. So it's only about 30 seconds. Um, And and I played a butler in that one with my, I was the head butler. So I had, I had four um, lackeys with me who I was ordering about running about the palace. So that, that was very interesting. It's a one day shoot. And generally one thing I've discovered is that a one day shoot usually means about three minutes on screen, (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, Yes, actually, that's so true. You know, as you're talking about this, this reminds me of, oh, my goodness, it's such a long time ago. In the 1970s, I was in a film. I'd almost forgotten about it. And it oh. was in Hong Kong. And I had to go to Macau for the shoot. And it was a day and a half shoot. And it was called The Private Eyes with, um oh, who was it? Michael and... Edmund, Edmund Huy, the Huy brothers, um, and it was. I thought you were
1: going to say Michael Caine.
0: No, no, it was a, it was a <laughs> Cantonese movie. It was so funny. And I was only in the, the little bit at the beginning. You know, they have those little sort of trailery or starter things, you know, at the beginning. Yes. Um, and yeah. it took so long, all this filming. And I was on for all of about 10 seconds. So, um, never mind. They paid me. So that, that was it. But that was my one and go. only film that I was, I was never asked back, Dennis. That's a sad thing. You're always asked back. So that's so good. And I have to say, as I mentioned in, in the intro, was that you look Look a lot like a contender for a James Bond film, so it would be more like one of the ones where you're at, like Casino Royale, where you're you're in in the 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 black tie. Okay, suits mm-hmm. you very very well. And so, what next for Dennis Heath? Uh,
1: what next? Well, of course, I, I'm now thinking uh, about uh, retirement, but um, still. Attending conferences, going to seminars to develop my skills uh, continuously. I, I really believe in that, and I think uh, anybody who starts a, a one-man or one-woman business like like coaching, uh, you really have to invest in yourself to make sure that you're always top of your game. Um, I've now started doing facilitation. I trained as a facilitator, and I've found that um, a, a lot of good facilitation relies on coaching skills, so that that's uh fitted me quite well so now um well this week most of my time is is at the civil service college doing small group facilitation with groups of uh, six civil service officers um helping them to uh, have conversations that are productive with each other uh to to help their learning as as leaders and aspiring senior leaders
0: Mm. so that's
1: that's the extra dimension
0: yeah and you've had a brilliant career what would you say Dennis looking back now uh, what are your top three tips for success as a coach or as a business owner
1: um, first of all I, I think much like you yourself um become a specialist decide what you're going to do and be the go-to expert in it so i don't do anything other than senior management leadership coaching and i've added a a little bit of facilitation to that Um, but my website my business card everything i do is around uh leadership senior management coaching so so be the expert be the go-to person Um, I think the other thing is that um, you must, of course, have a good web presence. So, don't cut corners on on your website and your web presence because that's vital to your business. Um, If you don't have a decent website, first of all, it's probably not going to come up when people do Google searches. And secondly, if people do find it and it's not impressive, they'll probably go on to the next website. So, Invest in 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 your website. And also, as I've just mentioned, really, invest in yourself. Uh, keep developing. Keep making sure you're ahead of uh, – you're, you're at least up to date or preferably ahead of current trends in your chosen speciality so that you really do become the go-to person for that niche. Um, and last, I know this is more than three, um, <laughs> be persistent be persistent, Um, go to as as many networking events as you can to keep your profile high and become known as that go-to person.
0: Mm, Valuable advice, Dennis Heath, executive coach, coach, supervisor, facilitator, voiceover artist, film actor. And what else are you? Oh, hypnotherapist and NLP master practitioner. You're amazing, Dennis. You've had such a rich life. Oh, and also sales professional in the early, early days. So, I mean, absolutely fantastic. I'm very lucky to have had you come on the show. Now, I'm sure people want to find out where where they can reach you. So, where can people reach you, Dennis?
1: Okay, the the website is ahead. That's one word, W A Y A H E A D. .com.sg.
0: Mm, and it's an impressive website too. I'll have um, links to Dennis's website and contact details on my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com so you'll be able to find him. And I have to say thank you so much, Dennis. And I reckon... We've got to partner with this meditation meditation offering I reckon because we can we can be rounded and resonant with you know every meditation that we do. Oh, we have to be careful that you don't hypnotize us as well.
1: You already have been Jane, you just don't realize it. <laughs>
0: there we go. I'll talk to you again soon Dennis. Thanks so much. Wonderful.
1: Bye. Thank you very much Jane. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose. So give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers.
1: You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at